We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Krish Ramanini, CEO and founder of Fireflies.ai a tool that takes notes and more to help knowledge workers be more productive. Krish got his start with Microsoft as a product manager after graduating from the University of Pennsylvania. He explains that his primary responsibility was having a lot of meetings. With meetings costing a lot of time in terms of money, time, and all that sort of stuff, Krish wanted to find a way to make it more easy to record what happened during a meeting, and be able to easily refer back to those conversations. For people who have five to seven meetings per day, as much as 50% of the information gained from those meetings is lost. It's probably way more than that. With the rise of Zoom and virtual meetings during the pandemic, it's no surprise that Fireflies.a took off. But Krish says it actually is seeing faster adoption now. Tool accrues value over time, Chris explains, as it builds up information and knowledge that you can go back to and analyze for patterns and find key details. Chris is also dedicated to providing transparency with the product, explaining that everyone in the meeting knows that the tool is being used. In fact, it's this visibility that has helped make it such a success. Another tool, Ask Fred, takes the usability of Fireflies even further, providing a way to easily search for information from the knowledge created from the meetings. It's actually a chat GPT integration, which is kind of cool, right? Now, let's get better together. Krish Ramanini, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled that you wanted to come on the show and talk about 
fireflies.ai. You are the co-founder and CEO. It is an absolutely really cool technology, note-taking in Zoom. We're actually using it right now. <laughs> How cool is that? I'm sure most of the people that are listening to this have seen the little fireflies.ai note taker pop up in your Zoom and or other types of meetings. So um, really cool. Thanks for being on the show. It's just such a poignant time to talk about AI. And I'm so glad I have someone like you that's an expert, actually been doing this before it became huge and massive, know all where all the bodies are buried <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But uh, before we get into all that, as I always like to say, why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll start with a quick story of being in school, graduating. So I ended up going to UPenn. And then after that, uh, I was a product manager at Microsoft. And those days, we were working on a lot of really exciting things, not directly related to AI there, but a lot of things around collaboration, the future of work. And that, I think, started a fire under me that, hey, this is such a great time to go work on these sort of technologies. Like after seeing Skype and Zoom and all of these other products that took off, uh, we said, hey, there has to be better ways to work, right? Because, And it just so happened that one of my primary responsibilities was having lots of meetings. And, you know, I, I used to always believe that if people knew how expensive meetings were, so every meeting invite, if you were to put down the cost per hour for that meeting, for every person that's involved, uh, I think people would have less meetings or they would treat meetings differently because it is extremely expensive. So that's where the kernel or idea started. And then it turned into blossomed into the company it is today. We're still very small. We're learning a lot along the way. But uh, we dedicated ourselves to building an AI assistant that makes meetings better, helps capture information from meetings. And yeah, I think that that's really our uh, starting point. Like my singular goal was how can I get out of a meeting? And remember everything that was discussed. And so next time I meet you, six months from now, a year from now, I know exactly what we spoke about. I can go back and recall it. I can just be better at communicating and socializing and getting to know you, right? Getting to know the other people. Because most of the time when we're in meetings, we're looking at our phone, checking our email, multitasking goes off. So that was the single premise. How can I help someone get really good memory and get a really good recap of what went down? Uh, by the time they leave the room. Because to be honest, we're going to have five, six, seven meetings a day. By the time you leave one conference room, one Zoom to another, you're going to lose about 50% of your information by the end of the day. You're going to start mixing up meetings and it's going to get confusing. So recall, retention, how do we make people smarter? How do we augment people with AI? Uh, that was the starting point. And yeah, here we are today with Fireflies, which is an AI assistant that joins your meetings. It takes notes. It summarizes it. We also do analytics. And it helps you just be more productive in the workplace. And it applies to every person in the workplace, not just salespeople or customer-facing people, but recruiters, product managers, PMs, engineers, uh, ops, legal. So, yeah. Yeah, basically anyone that has to go to a meeting. <laughs> Any knowledge worker, uh, yeah, that sits in front of a computer or has in-person meetings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's just fascinating because you know I've used I've used it. 
I've used a bunch of other ones. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, the adoption has been challenging and hard. I'm not sure why. I think it's mainly just probably just getting used to it. Um, but the thing that like put me over the edge to like explore this again, and of course have you on the show and talk with you about all this, cause it's just so fascinating to me how good it is, what it can do. Like it's, it's truly like revolutionary. Um, <clears throat> what I do in my day job is we obviously have a lot of meetings, but we do a lot of uh, interviews for like stakeholders and customers. And I was just finding that I'm, I mean, in these stakeholder meetings, asking them questions and frantically typing the notes. And I'm like, there's just got to be a better way, you know, because this is this is insane that I would like not be present. And in some cases, we I would have my project manager typing notes. I'm looking at them and exploring, you know, it just seemed very distracting. It just wasn't in the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I have, how have you found adoption? I mean, I, I know it looks like you guys do more of a product-led growth approach, which I, I'm also very curious on. I'm just, yeah, how, how has adoption been? And, and how are some of the, you know, how do people handle, like, now there's someone listening to our conversation taking notes. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's a robot slash computer, you know? Yeah, good question. Um, I would say uh, there were many products that came out during the pandemic which kind of tailed off by the end of the pandemic. They were unique to the pandemic or the remote world. The fortunate thing for us is Fireflies is growing faster and being adopted faster today than it did during the peak of the pandemic. So there is something to be said about that. And we tried diving deeper. We looking, we're looking at the data. We're seeing why are so many people using it? There are people going back to the office. The fundamental reason was that once you start using it, the value accrues over time. From the time you have your first meeting to a month in, two months in, three months in, you now have a knowledge base, a repository that you can go back to. And when it's not just your meetings, but your team's meetings, that makes that even more valuable. And the best thing about Fireflies for people, give or take, is it's a fly on the wall. You don't have to think about inviting it. It's easy to use. It plugs into your existing workflow. You don't have to go use a separate video conferencing tool or anything like that. You don't have to change anything about you. I'm a big believer that you cannot get people to change their workflows unless it is something, unless it's absolutely necessary, right? So the adoption curve for us was how do we help people do the things that they already do and integrate seamlessly into their work lives? And that's is what led to Fireflies being that note taker that joins your meetings. And to be honest, like people seeing the note taker, that is where most of the virality and word of mouth comes from. We don't spend really money on marketing or advertising. It just so happens people see it, people have a conversation. And yes, in the first year or two, like people would say, hey, what is the security behind this? Like, uh, what is the compliance stuff? So it's much better for us to be transparent about the note taker than someone doing something in the background because there are tools out there where that will let you secretly record or wiretap. Like we don't want to be that, right? We want to be explicit. We want you to have control over your data. If you want to remove fireflies in the middle of the meeting, you can. If you delete your meeting, it's wiped from our servers. Uh, we wanted to get SOC 2 compliant so that enterprises could use it. Uh, we've also worked with HIPAA. So 
you know, I think this is something new that we haven't announced yet, but we have HIPAA and we plan to help healthcare telemedicine folks also use fireflies. Oh, wow. We try to build with that. uh, Yeah, that's huge. I'm sorry, but that's wow. HIPAA compliance. uh, It's such a crazy time with the whole telemedicine too. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so so some of the things that we're working on, we're working on private cloud for larger customers so that they can store the data in their own systems. We are all about accessibility and giving people control over their data because when you have that control, um, you know what's what what is exactly going on, and so that that was really the starting point, starting a narrative around it. Someone has to do it, right? Like when smartphones came out, I'm sure people had questions about what is it tracking, what can it do. Uh, what does the iPhone do? What does the Android do? So in the same way, if you're becoming a leader in this AI assistant space for work, uh, you have to take the reins in terms of how you communicate what you do. And yeah, a lot of that starts with transparency, but then people also see the value they get five minutes after the meeting, you get a recap, you can search through that meeting, you can jump to any part of the conversation, you can quickly filter to just my talk track where I asked questions or when I said some next steps or when I discussed objections, I can track when we're talking about competitors or partners or pricing. So all of those things help me go through a 30-minute meeting, 45-minute meeting in five minutes, right? So the value prop is there. Just like when you're using Calendly, for example, and you schedule a meeting uh, without even being a user, you d- you discover value first. And then you say, cool, I want to sign up for this product and I want to start using it. Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of Calendly. I use it all the time. I, I would love your, I mean, it's totally off topic, but I'd love your thought on this whole idea of people find, here's my Calendly link, schedule a meeting. For whatever reason, some people find that very harsh or draconian. They find it not very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh etiquette wise like i i can't understand this because <laughs> it's like it's like this makes my life easy if you're like yeah here's my link you know like why would i not but apparently depending yeah. on what generation you are and the type of person you are this is appears to be an affront i'm curious if you find that one with calendly as an example and two specifically for fireflies are there like certain types of people that just find this like, oh, I'm never going to use it. Oh, this is intrusive. You know, I can imagine some generations that may find that. <laughs> just curious if any data on that. I think the Calendly example is really good where that conversation and narrative has changed over time from, hey, let me bring my assistant in and find us a time to uh, here's my Calendly. Let, let's share Calendly's and see like when our slots are open, right? So that the narrative has changed. Calendly has also released some features, which are great, which let you look at each other's counters. I think there's a set of folks who care about efficiency, productivity, saving people's time instead of having 10 back and forths over email. So that premise is good, but there's a lot of people that are going to be old school saying, well, you're asking for my time. So I want you to take the effort to go find it uh, and figure things out for me. So yeah, it, it just it just really about like, are you a traditionalist? Do you feel like it's because it's easier, you're not respecting someone the same way? So those are the some things that are going to come up, right? And in the case with Fireflies, in the early days, there's definitely people that were like, why would we ever record conversations, right? 
So if you go to a call center and ask them, why the heck would you record your call center calls? There's, they give you a hundred reasons. In fact, that's like a multi-billion dollar industry that we haven't even touched, uh, where people record that because they want to do quality assurance. They want to review, they want to coach, they want to teach. Uh, if you were to go to an NBA player and said, Hey, you can't watch game tape ever. You can only remember what you shot and you can only go from there. So there is tremendous amount of learning insights, knowledge that comes out of conversations. If you are bringing four people into a meeting and that meeting is going to cost you a couple thousand dollars, right. In terms of your organization, why would you not want to remember that conversation, learn from it, save it? all the important knowledge that's buried inside those conversations. So when people start thinking from that perspective, we move to a world where, okay, a lot of people are using Firefly's AI or other tools. And it's not just like recording, oh, because I want to get something on you. It's more like, oh, wow, this is actually helping me know information, be more productive, help us make the right decisions. When we have debate, we can go back and see how that originated and where we deferred in our point of views. Um, we were having a we were having a project done at our house and one of the contractors who was doing our house like he was just talking to me about oh so this is what you do you work on firefly that's so cool and he was joking and say i wish i had this like with between me and my wife because every time we have a debate or a disagreement we can just go back and just Ooh. make sure we sort things out. Ooh. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the best use Ooh. case, but if that's what you want to use, it's like, yeah, I mean, like every little thing, <laughs> like, you said this, you promised this, you didn't do this. And I'm like, <laughs> let me go back to Fireflies and see. I'm like, I well, guess maybe he hasn't been married long enough to understand his role as a husband is not to do that. <laughs> as anyone who's been married knows. Yeah, I would love that. But happy wife, happy life. <laughs> if she's wrong or, you know, again, sometimes partner dynamics or whatever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that was interesting, but yeah. you know, or people using it in like the legal setting. Uh, that's something that we we've seen. So it's just phenomenal how people can think about if you want to get to the truth, or if you want to help people uh, make the right decisions, this is where this can be helpful. And it goes, and that stigma goes away as a result, right? No one's doing anything nefarious with yeah, this technology. It's out in the open. It's yeah. more, you know, you can opt in, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I'm recording this. We're on zoom right now. I'm recording this because this will be the audio for, for the podcast. And yeah, I mean, I have someone that does my show notes because, you know, we synthesize um, things. Um, but, you know, I've tried to do, you know, this sort of stuff before where I'd have, you know, um, transcripts and everything. And it just, the taste just doesn't, it didn't feel right, but it's getting better and better where there's some tools that do summaries and like, you know, there's like there it's yes, it's, it's, it's functional. It's to the, it's growing, going up the curve, right. Pretty quickly. And I think you do have to be involved with this and you have to understand it. And you also have to embrace it at some point. I don't, I think the old school folks are just going to like, you can't be like, just get off my lawn kind of people. You need to be like, no, it's the future. And I mean, it's the same thing with like chat GPT is an example, which has come out blowing up same, you know, has a lot of, a lot of um, applications. They recently came out with a free tool to see if actually this something was written by chat GPT. And what I see from what you guys are doing at Fireflies and from just an institutional knowledge perspective, like this is how we talk about it. This is what people have said. 
I mean, you can imagine a time where you take all the data that you guys have collected, you have your own private chat GPT model, and now you can start asking it questions and generating like, hey, the knowledge base of all of these calls, tell me, summarize what's important. Like that's game changing. That's game changing, right? I'm just curious if you guys think about that. I mean, there's a knowledge base on meetings, as you mentioned, it's multi-thousand dollars minimum. And there's just a lot of knowledge there that never gets captured. The notes are never good enough, <laughs> right? So what's your thoughts on that? It's funny you say that because that's not a few years away. We're actually working on that right now and we're launching that in a few weeks. In fact, oh, we have oh. customers already using it. <laughs> awesome. No, that's, so, yes. I'm telling you, that is game changing, as you know, right? Yeah. So we're actually releasing, so we're actually releasing Ask Fred and it's someone that you can go to after a meeting and just ask straightforward questions like, hey, how many seats did this customer want to buy? Or what were the blockers in order for us to move forward on this deal? Or why are we not, you know, meeting our hiring quota? So these are the sort of questions. And then Fireflies will go through, scan the transcript, understand it, and give you back a succinct answer. So this is going beyond summaries. This is going beyond search. This is like talking to AI like you would talk to your real assistant. And this goes back to that goal we've had from day one. How do we democratize AI? You know, when I joined Microsoft and I got to see all these VPs have their own personal admin or, you know, sort of like a secretary, I used to think like, can this sort of function be something that every person can have, every knowledge per, uh, worker can have? You know, washing machines weren't only for the elite. Everyone has it. So in a way, I think that's where we're, we're treading towards, right, with Fireflies, that how can we give every person in the workplace an AI assistant, a personal secretary, AI-powered, and let them help they're be more productive with their life. So that's what like our AI assistant Fred is for. It's going to join your meetings. It's going to take notes. But afterwards, let's say you didn't attend the meeting or you didn't pay attention in the meeting or you don't want to go back and review that one hour call. Just ask Fred. That's, that's all you need to do. That is so cool. And I'm assuming over time, since there will be an archive of all these meetings, you could also ask Fred, hey, what are the common things between these 20, I mean, you could ask it more. And I mean, that's the thing about chat GPT that always like impresses me. I was talking to someone the other day and I'm like, you know, I don't think this is ready. I don't think it's going to replace X, Y, Z. We were talking about something I remember. And he's like, you're just not asking it the right questions. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you need to like, talk to it. Like, what do you want from it? And I'm like, I don't understand. And he, and then he explained to me the example that he used. And I just was like blown away. I'm like, it really did that? He's like, yeah, I told it what to do and it did it. <laughs> and, and then it, I'm like, okay, hold on, stop. This is weird. Because he was asking it to do something pretty complicated. And he, you know, this whole prompt engineering concept. And I never thought about, oh, tell it what you want. So are you thinking about that kind of thing too, where... It takes all these meetings and like can summarize them, shows you trends. I'm assuming that that's got to be part of the roadmap at some point. Some of the questions you can ask ChatGPT and get answers to are insane. So 
for example, I can have it score a call for me and come up with conclusions. Sometimes those are going to be biased. So I wouldn't rely on a system to come up with some sort of conclusion. Like I don't want to ask particularly, I can, it'll come up, it'll make it sound really good where uh, if I said, Hey, tell me five reasons why I should hire this person. It will go fine. It'll cherry pick, right? Versus if I'm able to ask it more objective questions like, Hey, let's go back through all of our conversations with the best people we've ever hired. And tell me the five common things that you see across all of those 10 or 20 people we've hired. That's objective. It's going to be able to say, hey, you guys talked about this consistently. And maybe it's something to do with culture. Maybe it's something to do with drive, something to do with vision, something to do with a particular skill set. Those are more objective. And then you can go dive back into the meeting, review it, listen for yourself to make sure that uh, you're able to fact check, right? So the other cool thing with Ask Fred that we're building is that you can get timestamps of when those were talked about. It just doesn't say, can you actually back your what you're saying with that, right? Because we are fully aware the technology can have situations where it starts hallucinating or making things up or saying something biased. So the way we're educating our early set of beta users today is ask it objective questions. Um, we're also focused on individual meetings right now. Let's do that really well. But there's nothing stopping us in the future from being able to have Fred scan a sequence of meetings or your past year's worth of meetings and come up with answers, right? So that I think is really, really cool what you can do. But here's the other thing with organizations. There are people that are usually the holders of knowledge. They're the gatekeepers of knowledge. And sometimes you have people that leave your organization and you there's a loss of knowledge. But with what Fireflies is doing, that tribal knowledge or that oral knowledge is now stored and always accessible for your organization. So if so-and-so is an expert at JavaScript at your organization, or they're an expert at doing front-end engineering, you can then, if you're a new hire, you can go in, get onboarded, and see what the best people are doing, why certain engineering decisions were made. And like I used with the recruiting example, when are we hiring good people? When are we hiring bad people? How do we learn from it? Because we're all going to make mistakes, right? So how do you improve on that? What are the most frequent feature requests our customers are saying on calls when we talk to them? So there's so many things like what makes customers happy? There's a lot of companies of the past that said, we're going to build the voice of the customer. We're going to help you understand your customers really well. Well, a lot of those times, they're just doing surveys or NPS scores. That is not the raw source. The raw source is the conversations. But there was no way in the past to analyze and quantify conversations at scale. So this is where you get Fireflies as a platform that goes beyond transcribing and note-taking and storing to insights. It is a platform with all of this knowledge that gives you insights about your customers, your candidates, your entire company. So you have a pulse over your entire organization, whether you're in person, whether you're remote, you now have that live pulse of what is going on and you can make better decisions as an organization, reduce silos. All of the stuff that digital transformation companies talk about, we didn't start with that big aspiration. We said, let's just build a really good note taker and help people remember their meetings. But now all of this is possible. Wow. What just it's going so fast. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible how far we've come 
And it is just amazing because now that I think about it and as you, you talk about it, you know, again, one of the, one of the biggest challenges for any company is institutional knowledge, the tribal knowledge, the knowledge of folks across silos, you know, just the nuggets of like seeing, seeing the patterns right across an organization and having that archive searchable archive, like literally can ask questions to it. So just from a technical perspective, I'm super curious. So do you guys use the chat GPT engine? Is it a, to build these custom models or whatever? Is it like a special instance of it? I just, the mechanics of it fascinate me because I've done a little machine learning stuff like with natural language processing and, you know, building a model or whatever. And it's just so like it, it's intense to figure out. Right. But I'm just curious, are you using that whole, that model and then augmenting it? Or do you have your own, like take us through a little bit of that process. And reason I ask this is one, I'm interested, but two, as people think about how to integrate AI and ML into their workflows, they're going to build products or have a product like yours. It's good to understand the scope of it. Yeah, that is actually, yeah, something I can, I can share a little bit about. So what happened was when we did our Series A, our investors, Coastal Ventures, also happened to invest in OpenAI. And that was something that we, you know, it wasn't intentional, but it was a great blessing for us because uh, they've been a great support system for us. We were able to actually work with some of the OpenAI models well in advance, almost starting last year. So this isn't something where new that we we had a chance to do. And OpenAI has great APIs, great resources, and we've been able to work and iterate and come up with different things. First, it started with using OpenAI's GPT technology for our summarization. In the past, our summaries would just extract in interesting sentences from a meeting, right? It wasn't truly summarizing or paraphrasing. Today, the AI can understand the conversation and write the summary in a tone like I would. In fact, some of the training it's done, it's like how I take notes. And maybe a lot of people on my team like that. So it just generates notes the way I take notes. And it summarizes an entire meeting into two to three succinct paragraphs. And the higher the model, like the more expensive it is, but the better the summary. So if you're on the pro, you get a regular summary. If you're on the, you know, the business tier, you're getting the premium summary, but it's worth it because the even we're we're not trying to make extra money on that, but it's just like let's give users the best possible output if that means like spending more on using the best summarization model. So that was a starting for it point. Then we said there are places where we can embed Chad GPT or large language learning model technology to every aspect of Fireflies. And that's what led to Ask Fred. We said, well, people already search through their meetings and review their meetings. How can we make that faster? And the best way is if you just had a conversation, right, rather than having to have a search experience. The reason why Google is so amazing for us is we can just put in whatever question that's in our minds, like who was the 18th president of the United States or any question like that. Like I can just, anything I can think of, right? Think about 20, 30 years ago, someone thinking, looking into the future and saying, on your phone, you can ask any question in the world, have an answer to anything. That's really what it was. So for us, we said, okay, let's create an experience where people can talk to the system and the chat GPT model seems to be very successful in that. So 
the technology under ChatGPT already existed a year or two years ago. It's just so the delivery mechanism was different. And so we are working with OpenAI technology and we're really happy to be doing that. I love what like, you know, Sam Altman has been saying about it. He likes to keep the expectations low, but then over deliver. So I'm also very curious, like everyone else, how GPT-4 will be. Oh, I know. So yeah. <laughs> I saw, it's, uh, I saw it's a graph of that. I saw a graph of that of like, it was just like a little dot for three in this massive circle for four. I'm just, how is this guy scaling this? It's, it's, and it's actually really cool that you, you kind of get the inside view of it too. It must be super fascinating to just like, I can't believe I'm talking to these guys, you know I mean? Not, you know, again, like you guys are doing cool things too, obviously, but you know, it's like you're creating the future, like in no joke, like this will be what people will do. And you're at the cutting edge of it. I mean, how, how do you, how do you even plan for that? How do you reconcile that as like an entrepreneur? You're sort of on this wave that's like, catch the wave. I mean, you caught the wave. Like, it must be hard to stay up, stay up, stay afloat, like all with them. Um, talk us through a little bit of that thought process, especially on such cutting edge stuff that's, I mean, it's going to change the world. It's just fast, so fascinating. We were fortunate to catch the wave three times. First was when voice technology and transcription was improving. So when we were looking at this stuff back in 2018, 2017, a lot of people wrote it off as transcription is never going to be perfect. In fact, we've had some people suggest to us the only way you're going to be able to build this business is if you have humans in the loop who are going to correct every sentence that is coming out there because people want absolutely perfect. And I get it, right? Transcription was maybe 70, 80% there. Now it's like 95%. It continues to get better. There are times where it will do better than if you were to offshore your transcription service offshore and have someone transcribe it. So we caught the wave there. We believe that. I give full credit to my co-founder and CTO for saying, I believe this is where it's going. You know, I've, I've seen this stuff, him being an engineer, him actually being an aeronautical engineer from uh, MIT, he had a different way of looking at the world in terms of what is not possible today, but will be possible. So full credit to Sam on believing that. And to this day, I'm one of the more conservative people. Like I'm more skeptical about anything AI, anything ML. And I say like, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. AI is something you pinch over the product. It's not your whole product. Obviously, ChatGPT has turned that on its head and you can make an entire product just AI. So we, we rode that wave. And then 2020, when we launched Fireflies after many iterations, January 2020, the pandemic happened. Everyone went remote. Zoom, video conferencing went viral. And Fireflies became front and center because everyone was having Zoom meetings. Everyone was having meeting exhaustion, and they were having so many conversations, they were losing track of what they were talking about. So that gave us the initial impetus to start growing. And it's not just about taking advantage of the wave and riding it, but how do you sustain yourself after that wave goes away? So I think we had that great window of opportunity, that one-year period to prove the value of Fireflies. But it was all hell breaks loose because it was crazy trying to keep up with the volume, the servers, uh, you know, fix the leaky piping and make sure that the system scales because the demand was insane. Even like a company with billions of dollars like ChatGPT going down, right? Every couple hours because of the volume of usage, we're working on meetings in real time like data. We can't go down for like a minute because if we go down for a minute, we're going to miss a thousand meetings, right? So the 
the stress level there was insane around 2020, 2021. And it will always be there, but it's a responsibility we take. But we rode that wave. And then now we enter this new wave of generative AI, GPT-3 language learning models. It just so happens we're working on text and transcription and voice. And so all of those start to come together. So we'll have to see what this generative AI wave takes us to and uh, how we can build really great experiences for our users. I don't even know what to say. I mean, honestly, I'm so fascinated by this. It It is, it, I've never seen like the, the chat GPT open AI, never seen the growth so fast. And people, I mean, everyone thinking that, you know, oh, we don't need marketers anymore. We don't need this. We don't need that. I don't agree with that. I, I think you're always going to need people to run the machine, right? Because that's the creativity. It's like, there's, what does it not know? It, it only knows the past, it doesn't know the future. Um, but I also think it's going to be a tool that's just going to level the playing field. I mean, you are going to have to have a standard, like the standards raised, the bar is raised. You can no longer, you know, dial it in. Like you can, you have every, you're going to have to use a tool just like computers for productivity or the phone for communication. It's just another tool in the toolbox, but this is a different kind of tool. It's a different kind of tool because it's a, it's a generative tool, not an assistant tool. And I'm curious if you see, you know, you're doing now note-taking. I mean, I can only imagine the roadmap, like the, you know, what's in your CTO's head, but there's just a lot of ways that what you're doing expands beyond just note-taking. I wonder how you think about that. I mean, obviously, you know, venture capital, they want the focus, you know, do this, do that. But just getting like to your point, which I really love, you know, integrating into someone's workflow is way easier than having them change their workflow. And I wonder, curious, if there's other workflows that you guys integrate into, because it just seems like such a not, I mean, voice and, you know, people talk all the time. It's, I'm curious, is there any thoughts on that? How, how do you guys think about that? So just the other day after a meeting, I said to Fred, so I asked Fred, uh, our AI, can you come up with about eight blog post ideas from this conversation? Can you go ahead and write up a post-meeting email to thank so-and-so for attending it and what I'm going to follow up on? And it did those, right? And my marketing team can use that. So a lot of times when you're discussing ideas and it's a great way to brainstorm and get the ball rolling. So are we just doing note-taking? I don't know. I think we're definitely going to go beyond that. And there is, you know, in the bottom of, my, bottom of my heart, I truly believe there is an opportunity for someone to become, you know, not just an AI assistant for meetings, but an AI assistant for all of work. How do we help each and every person be more productive, creative, and leverage AI, not to automate them, but to help them get more done. And that is something I truly believe in. And that's something that we're working towards. But, you know, there's obviously bigger companies that can do different things in, in different spaces, like uh, image creation and video editing, all of that. Our focus is on, we're not looking at consumer type experiences. We're focused on the business experience, the workflow of a person, the person that sends, you know, tons of emails, has lots of meetings works on Slack messages, 
So there's a lot of things. In fact, like one of our engineers said, hey, we we like literally live on Slack and we do a lot of text met like text back and forth on Slack. He took our same tech and some of the GPT stuff and built a Slack thread summarizer. So sometimes you don't pay attention to a channel and that channel blows up over the a couple hours and you're like, holy crap, I have to keep catching up on all this. Instead, we have this like internal tech. Maybe we'll, we'll eventually make it public one day where we'll just say, hey, Fred, can you just summarize this Slack conversation or thread and into like the key takeaways? And I can just read that and then um, I can respond based on that. So yeah, I, I you know, it's not to say that meetings is the only place or it's not to say that summarization is the only thing that we do or note-taking, but I think the opportunity for work is endless, right? Um, whether we focus on that now or in the future, anywhere there's a conversation happening, right? Whether you're having a meeting, sending an email, having a Slack conversation, a LinkedIn outreach message, you're reading some paper, some document, some article, some spec. Could Fireflies potentially help you be more productive there, uh, get more creative? Maybe. And with the right tools and technology and where GP, Chad GPT is heading, we might be able to do something about it. Yeah. I mean, and... <clears throat> You know, what always strikes me is just the explosion in information. One of the things that was really powerful when I was playing around with this machine learning stuff was, you know, the thought of a summarizer. Like, can you summarize this 25 pages or whatever it is into something that I can at least, is this worthy? Let me back up. Should I pay attention to this? And where should I pay attention to this? Right. And, and that... I mean, is, is so powerful because we are just inundated with information and being able to sort and process it is what we do as humans and, and any way we can make that better and faster and have more fidelity, the better off we're going to be. I, I just, the other thing I worry about, and I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you thought, your thoughts on this is that as generative AI starts to become more and more and literally people just generate, it just generates stuff. Is there just going to be a point where it's just saturated where we've gen, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever generate everything, but you know, being, so I think it's what to pay attention to and tools to figure out where your attention should go are going to be a lot more valuable than generating content because Everyone, now it's the norms race, right? Attention is the name of the game, right? We're all seeking attention in one way or the other, whether you're a brand, whether you're an influencer on uh, Instagram, uh, or whether you're a TikToker, the medium is the message as well. Like the way you communicate that stuff, like why are people doing silly dances on TikTok and those <laughs> things are going viral? I guess, right? I, I won't understand, but... I was driving down through LA uh, a few months ago, and there were literally people, just you know, influencers filming, dancing, doing crazy things on, on the street uh, for the sake of content. So I think everyone's seeking attention, and AI and GPT three and these like generative AI stuff can help people come up with new ways to create content. So let's switch that to the B two B world. If everyone's writing, you know. AI generated blog posts, that may not be necessarily the most valuable thing if everyone's saying the same thing. The other thing is, 
I believe that a unique data set is really important to get the most out of generative AI. Because if you ask Chad GPT or any of this stuff to generate information based on already existing data that everyone else is using, that's not really exciting, right? If you're just having it like look at some basic things on the internet and then and do it, that's not really exciting. So where it becomes exciting is if you have a unique data set that's unique to your company, your business, and then have it draw insights and come up with content based on that. So it's much different for me asking it a general question to say, hey, write up a report or write up a blog post about uh, market fluctuations in uh, in the in the stock market, right? Versus if I have it go through some of my meetings where we've talked about specific stuff and, hey, come up with like a blog post based on what we were discussing about five, six things we can do to drive our stock up potentially, right? I'm just making these things up. So it's very unique. Like AI will only be able to go as far as the unique data that it has to work off. The other thing, having worked with like traditional L- uh, machine learning and NLP, before you had to train it a ton, right? You had to give it thousands, millions of examples in order to get something. Now you don't have to do that. Like I can build a classifier with like less than five examples with GPT-3. So I can say classify this and, and it can do that. And I can do it without writing code, right? That's that's the crazy thing about this. So it is going to enable people to do more, but content saturation is a real thing. I think this is also why Google came out, said, hey, we're not going to be okay with uh, ranking generative AI type stuff for SEO. So I think that's also another thing. Yeah. So I'm curious to watch. Oh yeah, no, no, totally. I think they're freaking out. If I was them, I'd be like, this is going to kill us because- the search, you know, search sucks. It's like a horrible experience in my opinion. Right. But when I ask questions to chat GPT, yeah. Okay. It doesn't get it quite right, but it, like, it's, it, it gets me down the path faster. I mean, I was searching for something the other day. I put it in and I just get all this crap. I'm like, it's not even what I wanted. Now, again, maybe I'm being doing some esoteric things, but I agree. It, What's going to happen? The, the value of this, I'm glad, so glad this is so spot on. I'm glad you brought this up, is going to be the unique data sets. How do I use this tool to look at my proprietary data that's mine and figure out my unique voice, my unique take? Because uniqueness is going to be even more valuable when you can generate some crappy listicle blog post. I mean, yeah, great, do it. But then the noise goes up. And again, the unique creativity is going to be amplified. So you're totally right. I mean, damn, this is so fascinating. Like, <laughs> I'm going to use a non-text-based example for this, but you know, this is something someone I was talking to. Um, I was doing some shoot and this like makeup artist was there and like she did like celebrity makeup for a lot of different, completely random stuff. But it was very interesting yeah. for me to hear from her. And she says, you know, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, a lot of these, you know, young girls are using filters, but they all have the same look once they put that filter on, right? They all have that cat eye, like, you know, contoured face look. And everyone wants to look like Kim K or like Kim Kardashian. It's just really interesting that these like AI tools, even the filters that some of the people were using, these Snapchat filters and, and other stuff is making everyone look similar. If all the models are looking similar or if they're 
trying to be similar, like the uniqueness definitely is something that is important. So I, I, I think you have absolutely nailed that in terms of, I think, unique data set, unique insights, your unique voice needs to shine, especially when there is so much automation. This is why cold emails used to work in the past, right? But now everyone gets bombarded. It's the same thing and they're sent in mass. So that's the other thing with technology. It has the ability to do things that were unique in mass. And so then people don't take that as seriously as if it was unique. So people go back to writing personal mails yeah. uh, and like sending it and get a higher open rate. There was a company that did that and ended up getting driving more business. So yeah. all of yeah. these are absolutely true. The one point I would make about Google and in general, like my observations looking at Microsoft, Google, all these guys, I would not write them off because they have a lot of capital. And really, at the end of the day, what ChatGPT has done is train their system uh, on a ton of data. But if you think about who has the most data out there, Google indexes, crawls every single website out there. They have the resources. They don't need to rely on maybe potential like other funding and stuff. So they could do something here where they could, there's going to be multiple companies that are going to be trying to do this, whether OpenAI becomes the one company umbrella that uh, that does it or others. I think that's up for debate, but I'm curious to see how Google will respond and react and uh, work on this stuff. But they do also have tons of interesting data and they're I'm sure they're moving really fast, but I'm also amazed at the experience and the evolution of search right? Search in 2000, you put like a few keywords, you get some sort of sentence uh, or some sort of relevant links to where it can auto predict my question and auto suggest the question I'm about to ask to actually not even having to click on links and just gives me the answer up at the top. So I think it's an evolution. The main difference is that with language learning models, there is opportunity for it to be completely wrong or give you the wrong suggestions. But when it's right, it is a thousand times better than your traditional experience. So, oh yeah, yeah, I would the, agree. The I would agree. Back. No, I would totally agree. I agree. Yeah, it's only going to get better. And you know, I'm being facetious. I know Google's a juggernaut. They got tons of money, but boy, I would be sweating if I was their AI guy. <laughs> Going, oh god, no, what? Let's bring out what we have. You know. So, gosh, it's been such a fascinating conversation. Really appreciate your time. This is just the future. I mean, such good insights. Love what you're doing over at Fireflies. Good luck with it all. Really phenomenal. I'm okay. I'm going to commit to using it and getting back in the the, the flow of it because I've been reluctant to, but I just see a lot of huge upside. So thanks again for your time. Been, been such a great, great conversation. No, thank you so much. I've got me very excited and even more energetic about going back into work and working on this stuff. So um, absolutely thrilled. And thank you for having me. Thanks, Krish, for the uh, awesome interview. Wow, there's just so much cool stuff going on in AI and ChatGPT and what Fireflies.ai is doing. It's really cool. In fact, I'm actually using it at my company right now. I'm trying to get everyone to use it to sort of see how it works. So uh, thanks again for all the insights. But uh, now, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my insightful and super fun interview with Krish. Krish noticed something in how he and others worked that he thought he could improve on. While ultimately the company may branch out, he is currently focused on helping people with similar experiences as himself, the business professional. Okay, so Fireflies.ai, what it does 
is it records meetings in either Zoom, Google, Google Meet, you know, WebEx, whatever, right? Teams as well. If you are a professional like me who has meetings all the time, it is super hard to keep track of all the action items and all the notes. So this is a really powerful thing. And of course, this is the classic example of scratching your own itch. So if you are going to be an entrepreneur and you got an idea, question is, you should ask yourself is, what itch do I need to scratch? What are the problems that I face every day that, geez, I could really actually maybe even solve? So think about that, right? While Fireflies.ai is not the only note-taking AI tool out there, Krish and his co-founder are clearly steered by their values, which means that they provide a transparent solution for business meetings in order to help people be more productive and creative. While Krish also sees the opportunity for branching out in order to grow in the future, he is focusing on what they can do right now. So we actually talked a little bit about, hey, what would happen if all these meetings were combined together and you could ask questions? And so, of course, that's the future. For now, the most important thing, if you've ever used a tool like it, and there's a bunch of other ones. In fact, I even interviewed Fathom, right? I interviewed him as well, uh, founder of Fathom, um, on how these tools all work. Well, the key thing, I think, is to use things that are going to help you in your own business. So again, scratching your own itch is an example. You know, you could expand out into other things, but it's good to have a like a beachhead market. So ask yourself questions like, what is the one thing I can do better than anyone else? What's the one thing I can automate better than anyone else? And yeah, I'm sure you could rule the world, but get that beachhead, get the traction. You know, as he stated in the interview, hey, you know, during the pandemic, it started to accelerate, but now it's even going faster because of the accumulated effect of all this great information that they're capturing, right? So think about it in that way. You know, again, hard to stay focused on one thing, but it's always good to get the beachhead and then expand from there. The time of simply churning out content is giving way to offering unique content. Chris sees Firefly and other AI tools help access more unique content to help differentiate different brands, I'm sorry, stand out. Okay, so this is probably a bit controversial, but my thought on all this AI, generative AI content is it's just going to raise the level of the noise. And if you're creative and if you understand how to use the tools and if you have thoughts, you are going to excel past all this, right? The the bar is going to be raised because you can do generative AI, but you know what? It's not as good as the thoughts in your head. So there will still be a need for someone to pilot the tool, you know, the prompt engineering aspect and the original thoughts that go into generating things. So yes, should you learn how to use these generative tools? Of course. Should you always use the output of them? Maybe, maybe not. My thought is that the people that know how to write and know how to create content, the creatives, the people are really going to just gravitate towards that awesome content. So even though this may be disruptive and even though people may be worried about it, it is not the end all be all. Learn how to use the tools and then accelerate your creativity, accelerate your content. That is the absolute critical thing. And one more thing I'm going to do um, during the interview we actually used Fireflies.ai to record it. So what I'm going to do is after these actionable insights and after what I normally do, I'm going to put the summary that it generated so that you can take a look at it. 
So if you're interested in what happens, obviously these notes are generated, right, by someone, a human that reads through them, obviously. I don't think that's ever going to go away, <laughs> but I'll share with you what Fireflies.ai generated. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.